They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, October the 6th, 2023. It is the first Friday of October. And we want to um, remember to particularly honor the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this day, make reparation to him for the um, all the indifference. And he said, Jesus said, Behold this heart which has so loved men and has been so little loved in return. So let's love him greatly. We'll begin with prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Most Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. We ask the Holy Spirit to inspire us and enlighten us. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in the same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we ask the angels to join us here. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaot, Pleni et Terra Gloria Tuo, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Quiveni to Nomine Domini. Hosanna in excelsis, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and following, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we want to comment on that a little bit today. His yoke is easy. Does that mean we're not going to have to work? That, um, you know, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we're not going to have any problems in life. Uh, the health and wealth gospel, that if we believe in the Lord, he's going to bless us with all the material blessings in the world, that we're not going to have any troubles. Everything's going to go beautiful and smooth. And, you know, it's interesting. 
when um, Jesus is fasting in the desert and Satan comes to tempt him, he says, well, he's been watching him, right? So for 40 days, he hasn't eaten. So he's like, you're hungry. <laughs> see those see those stones there? Just command him to turn into bread, you know? A bread king, right? You, you're going to feed everybody. You're going to take care of everybody's needs. You're going to take away all, all poverty and hunger. And um, Jesus doesn't do that, you know? Not by bread alone does man live, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So then he takes him up on the parapet of the temple, you know, and says, okay, so you're the son of God. So throw yourself down. The angels are, you know, on their hands. They will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Satan is quoting Psalm 91. Remember, Satan can appear as an angel of light. He can quote the scriptures. And Jesus says, you don't tempt the Lord your God. So no, you don't presume that God is going to protect you and take care of you and then go out and do something foolish like jump off a building. Um, you know, that's, and, and so Jesus doesn't do it. And then what? Oh, all the kingdoms of the world, Satan, Jesus, oh, just fall down and worship me and I'll give you all of this. And Jesus says, be gone, Satan. The Lord is God and him alone shall you worship and serve. And so Christ is, he, he's, he's commanding and it's, it's, he, I, I haven't come to just take away all poverty and hunger and 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 hurt and i'm not just gonna feed people um i haven't come to wow people and put on a circus show and just um entertain people and no i'm not going to worship you and all the kings of the world cannot bring me to worship you because in the end he would tell Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world that's the whole point. That's what he's trying to get his apostles to believe for the whole three years he's with them. My kingdom is not of this world. We're looking for something else. So my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what does he mean? Well, I looked up the Greek, right? Got to look up the Greek. The, um, the word that we translate easy, it could mean easy in the Greek, and it could also mean useful, useful, gentle, pleasant, and kind. And so, <clears throat> well, where's the key here? Yoke, maybe. What is a yoke? Well, if you, and this is, we're not in agrarian culture, so it's a little harder for us to picture. But in agrarian culture, they all knew. You have a yoke, you have two oxen, you put the two oxen, and, and so you want to make sure that the oxen are equally matched, right? But he says, you take my yoke upon you. So Jesus is telling us to take his yoke upon us. So to unite ourselves to him and be yoked to him, he's the one who's going to help us. He's the one who's going to help us bear the burden. There is going to be a burden. To follow Christ is an arduous task. Jesus said, he said, unless you take up your cross daily and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You know, die to yourself. You know, unless the grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it's going to remain a single grain. But if it dies, if it dies, and what for us, what does that mean? Die to myself. Die to my own preconceived notions. Die to my own pride, my own wanting to be honored. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, have other people notice me, pay attention to me, have an easy life. Um, that's not what it's about. It's interesting. Jesus' own mother, you know, she didn't have riches and wealth. She worked hard. She was a, you know, regular little Jewish 
girl who lived in a little Jewish town where people worked every day. You know, you planted your little garden and you grew your little herbs and you made your own clothing. You wove them. You learned how to weave and how to make your own clothing. You learned how to take care of the household and to work hard. And St. Joseph, what did St. Joseph do? He was a laborer, carpenter, general contractor. He worked hard to support his family. And they certainly weren't wealthy. And the reason we know they weren't wealthy is because when they take Jesus to present him in the temple when he's 40 days old, they're going to offer two turtle doves or a pair of young pigeons. Well, that was the offering of the poor. The rich offered a lamb or a calf, a goat, according to their means. The poor offered two turtle doves or a pair of young pigeons. So the gospel witnesses to the fact that they were, they were in poverty. So Jesus is asking us to trust him, number one, take up my yoke and learn from me. We're supposed to learn from him. And the major thing we have to learn from him is, is humility. Because in the Bible it said God resists the proud. We need to renounce our pride. You know, so many times when people say, well, I'm standing on principle. I'm going to stand on principle. I'm going to... And you know, if you push them to the wall, if you push the, the issue to the wall and really, really examine it, when we say we're standing on principle, we're not standing on principle at all. We're standing on pride. You know, we just changed the last part of the word a little. We're standing on pride. We're standing on our own perception of what it should look like. And you know what? We're not real objective. We're not real objective. And we, we are very subjective and we see things from our own perspective, and it's much easier for me to see my needs than it is for me to see the needs of my neighbor. So Jesus is asking us to take that yoke, his yoke upon us, put his yoke, to yoke ourselves to him, to follow him. He went to the cross. He lived in poverty. He was an itinerant preacher. The foxes of the, of the field have lairs. The birds of the air have nests. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Poverty. Extreme poverty. And so we take up Jesus' yoke, which means we are concerned for our neighbor. We, we love God, first of all. We put the love of God first and foremost, and then the love of neighbor next. And as somebody once said, he said, you know, God first, my neighbor second, myself third. And that's a hard thing for us to do. And oftentimes even, you know, we think we're putting ourselves third and we're serving other people and and then um somebody doesn't acknowledge what we did or somebody asks us to do something above and beyond what we've already done and we're tired and 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 we're hurt because they don't recognize us how tired we are and, and it's like oh oh gee um yeah there's that pride again and so we want to take up the yoke of christ and be yoked to christ and another aspect of this is that when he says, my yoke is easy, oh, we'll have to get to that aspect on the other side of this break. So don't go away. And please let your family and friends know to tune in to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can do so through the app. You can do it on our website. You can do it on our social media platforms. We'll be right back with more commentary on the scriptures. Bible with the Barbers. So share with this with everyone now so that they can join us. Thank you. 
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barber today. Terry's not with me again in studio, but he's with me in spirit. Um, so we're talking about Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, where Jesus invites us to take up his yoke upon us and to learn from him. And that if we do so, our yoke will be easy and our burden is light. Well, one, and um, we're going to talk about, because we talked about the, the Greek meaning of the, the word, and the, the Greek is, it, it, English translation of the Greek is a useful, gentle, pleasant, or kind. It could be easy. Um, but easy, we, we, the impression, if we get the impression from easy that that means that it's going to be an easy life, I'm not going to have any troubles, um, that's not really understanding Jesus because he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. We have, we're not going to live a pleasant life here in this world. That's not what we're here for. We're here to um, struggle against our own flesh. We're here to struggle against the world and the temptations of the devil. But we don't have to do it alone. And so um, we talked about that a yoke is put on two animals. So Jesus will be yoked. We will be yoked to Jesus. That's what he wants us to do is to, to throw in our lot with him, to accept him to be the one who bears the yoke with us and not yoke ourselves to slavery or to sin because we can do that. We have that, you know, it, and, and, and we want to call it freedom. You know, we have the freedom to, we have a free will. Well, God gives us a free will because he desires us to love. And in order to love, you have to be free. You know, if someone holds a gun to your head and tells you you have to marry this person, first of all, it's not a marriage, but second of all, there's not love involved there. That's com- compulsion and coercion. <laughs> it's not love. So we we want to serve the Lord our God out of love, okay? And that's, love is what makes life easy. It's interesting. Um, I had an uncle. He was a real prince of a man. It was my dad's brother. And when his wife got Alzheimer's and he was taking care of his wife, he wrote to me one time. And he said, this is what he wrote. These are, and I memorized this. I, I um, shared this with his son after my uncle died. And I think I shared it with some of my brothers and sisters. He said, you know, Alzheimer's is not the scourge we once thought it was. This was my uncle writing. This isn't me. But it is a test of patience and a proof that love is the greatest spiritual experience. (sighs) He's taking care of his wife who has Alzheimer's. And he writes, Alzheimer's is not the scourge we once thought it was. It is a test of patience, but it is a proof that love is the greatest spiritual experience. My uncle came to that point where he was recognizing and experiencing the joy of serving someone out of love, even in difficulties. And this is what Jesus is getting at. He wants us to love because that's what truly sets us free. And then, so we become slaves when we serve sin or when we serve Satan or we serve our own flesh. Then we're slaves. That's not freedom. It's interesting because, yes, God gives us, a, we can choose. We're free. We have a free will. So we can choose the freedom of loving God 
and serving him and serving our neighbor, or we can choose the slavery of sin and degradation. So we have to make that choice. But further, this can mean appropriate, okay? So we have to struggle to follow the Lord, but my yoke is easy. My yoke is appropriate to you. The work that Jesus gives us to do is appropriate for each one of us, all right? And for what we can accomplish through him. So he's not going to ask us to bear any more than what's appropriate for us to bear and for what we can accomplish through him, with him, in union with him. God wants to, it's not us accomplishing, actually, it's God accomplishing. God wants to accomplish great things through us. I remember a young woman, Gianna Jessen, she was a saline abortion survivor. She was raised by a Christian family, they adopted her, and um, she was born alive during a saline abortion, <laughs> and she lived. And she went on to grow up, and she said, you know, she goes around the world telling people, God has not called you to mediocrity, and he has not called you to degradation. He has called you to greatness. He has called you to union with himself. And this is what Jesus is getting at in this passage. We are called to union with God, to live in union with God, to yoke ourselves to Christ and then Jesus bears the burden with us. You know, as Paul said, as, not, as I who live now, not I, but Christ lives in me. And they have that, you know, the beautiful, what is it, footsteps, that, that poem. And it talks about how hard my life was. And looking back at my life and I see these footsteps and Jesus is walking beside me. And then at one point, there's only one set of footsteps. And I say, but Jesus, that was the hardest point of my life. And he said, yeah, those are my footsteps. I was carrying you. I was carrying you at that time. So our Lord knows, he knows our struggles, he knows our weakness, but he also knows what he can accomplish in us. But he wants us, we, we, you know, what was it, it said in the Old Testament when, you know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, humble yourself. And no, it, it's not, the, 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 the prophet says, it is you, O Lord, who have accomplished all that we have done. So I want to read Psalm 24 because I think it, it helps us here to kind of look at things from God's perspective and to see it in God's way. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it. He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation who seeks him, who seeks the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, the strong, the mighty, the Lord, the mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. So we want to invite the King of glory in. 
And I want to read some things from Proverbs and from um, Sirach. Because I think we forget, you know, we think, and I've, I actually heard a, a Protestant, I don't know, it was a Protestant televangelist say this one time. We can just forget the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament now. Jesus Christ came and we could, uh, no, <laughs> not quite. The whole scripture, you know, the whole book. This is our family heirloom. This whole book is God's love letter to us. It's Jesus Christ written in words. By the way, from beginning to end, it's the word of God written in human words who would become flesh. The word of God, the son of God would become man. The cross behind me, behind my shoulder here. The son of God, the second person of the blessed Trinity would become man. The word of God would become flesh. So just as his, his spoken word is written, and, and by the way, the word of God, the son of God is the first spoken word, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were made through him. And apart from him, nothing came to be that is. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Son of God, is his spoken word. And so the whole scripture tells us about Jesus Christ, because it tells us about how the Son of God will become man, and he will take to himself a human nature whose name would be Jesus. And, and, and through that human nature, he would be our Messiah. So we read in the beginning of Proverbs that men may know wisdom and instruction, understand words of insight, receive instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice, and equity, the, that prudence may be given to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. The wise man also may hear and increase in learning and the man of understanding acquire skill to understand a proverb and a figure, the word of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and reject not your mother's teaching, for they are a fair garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us wantonly ambush the innocent. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our house with spoil. Throw in your lot among us, and we will, have all, we will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of a bird. But those who lie in wait for their own blood, they sit in ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of all who get gain by violence. It takes away the life of its possessor. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. On the top of the wall, she cries out, 
At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. Give heed to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called you and because I have called, because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out your hand and no one has heeded and you have ignored all my counsels and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you, when panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Wisdom is calling us to follow the ways of the Lord, not the ways of sinners and the world. We have to make a choice. Each of us has to choose. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Please invite your family and friends to join us. I have some more of this from the book of Sirach. Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for being here. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on Friday, October the 6th. Tomorrow's the Feast of the Holy Rosary. Let us remember to pray our rosaries. October's the month of the Holy Rosary. Remember to pray diligently the rosary and to pray it meditatively. Read the scripture passage that goes passages uh, that go with each medita- with each decade. Each decade has many scripture passages that you can meditate upon. Yes, it's a verbal prayer, but it's a verbal prayer that we should enter into. Still, it should help us. That verbal prayer should help us to enter into conversation with God and to meditate on his holy word. So we're talking about wisdom and we're talking about following the Lord and yoking ourselves to Christ. And I read a a little bit the beginning of Proverbs, and now I'm going to read a little bit the beginning of Sirach. These these words, and it's powerful. It's powerful because people get this idea that it's like, well, oh, you know, we have the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt, the, the Lord is God alone. You shall not have any strange gods before him. Remember to honor the Lord's, do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Keep holy the Sabbath, or I guess it's the other way around. Keep holy the Sabbath. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's goods. And people say, well, that's it. That's all I have to do. But, oh, but I can, I can lie. Um, I can cheat. I can um, deceive people. I, um, you know, it's funny. We don't realize that this applies not just to our external actions, but also applies to what's in our heart and what, what are the kind of things we think about and the kind of things we desire. And it applies to our whole life. Man is a whole being. He's not, he's not divided up into parts. As, as you know, in, in philosophy, you have this dualism. You can have a moderate dualism or an extreme dualism. Yeah, man is composed of body, soul, and spirit, right? He's, he's got a body and a soul. He's got a, a spiritual portion to him and he's got a physical portion of him so he's got a part of him that he that he seems similar to he's related to the animals 
But there's something in him that makes him totally different than the animals. You know, it's like people who talk about training children is that, well, they're just like a horse. You just train them like a horse, except there's a difference. You see, none of your horses, none of your dogs, none of your cats have an immortal soul. They don't have an intellect and will. They have a will, but they don't have an intellect and a, and a will that a free will to choose between good and evil to, to love with. They don't have an intellect to know with and, to, and they don't have that will to love with. They don't love. They can't love because they can't choose. Your child, your infant has an immortal soul. And if your infant's baptized, in, in addition to the immortal soul, your infant has God's grace. So, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't get stuck in that. And I realize there's, there's certain training you have to do with children. And no, you can't reason with a two-year-old. You have to show them, like, this is what I told you you have to do. This is what you have to do. I'm your parent. You obey me. And later on, you explain more as they get older. But nonetheless, remember that they are created in God's image as persons to be loved. And they are persons. They're human persons. So they have an immortal soul, which makes them totally different than the animals. So it makes all of mankind totally different from the animals, totally separate. So we're talking about wisdom, right? And where does wisdom come from? Sirach. All wisdom comes from the Lord and is with him forever. That's verse one. And then I'm going to skip to verse nine. The Lord himself created wisdom. He saw her and appointed her. He poured her out upon all his works. She dwells with all flesh according to his gifts and he supplies her to those who love him. He supplies wisdom to those who love him. The fear of the Lord is glory and exaltation and gladness and a crown of rejoicing. The fear of the Lord delights the heart and gives gladness and joy and long life. With him who fears the Lord, it will go well at the end. On the day of his death, he shall be blessed. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. She is created with the faithful in the womb. She made a among men an eternal foundation, and among their descendants she will be trusted. To fear the Lord is wisdom's full measure. She fills their whole house with desirable goods, and their storehouse with her produce. The fear of the Lord is the crown of wisdom, making peace and perfect health to flourish. Now just a note here, I'm going to pause there at verse 18. Fear of the Lord doesn't mean I'm afraid of being punished. God is a big ogre who's waiting up there in the sky with a big stick to beat me up when I do something wrong. The essence of the fear of the Lord is awe and reverence in his sight. I desire to please him because he is good, because he is holy. And I recognize that I am just a creature who is sinful and I am not good and I am not holy. I'm a sinner and I don't even have the right as it were because of my sins to approach him. Nonetheless, he draws me to himself. He calls me to himself and he makes me worthy by his grace. By giving us his grace, he makes me worthy to be in his presence it's not that I'm worthy in and of myself, but by the grace of God, I can approach him. Fear of the Lord is that on reverence in his sight, that desire to please him, to do his will. 
You know, remember the story of the two sons in the in the scripture, and you have um, the uh, the um, the one son. The, the father goes to the one son. And he says, "Go out to the field," and he says, "I'm not going to go." And then he goes to the second son, and, and you know, but later on he says, "Gosh, I shouldn't have talked to my dad that way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do the work." So he goes out and he does the work. And the second son, the, the father comes to the second son, go out to the field, and they say, "On my way, sir. On my way." And he never goes. So in the sight of his father, he's trying to placate his father and pretend like he's really good, but he never goes. And Jesus asked the apostles, who did the father's will? And they said the one who said he wasn't going to go, but he went. The first one, the one who actually went and did what the father had asked him to do. And this is what the Lord you know, wants of us. He wants us to have that reverence for him, that desire to please him, to want to do his will, Father William tells a funny story of, of, you know, the fear of the Lord, right? Um, and it's just a story. It's just a joke kind of thing. But anyway, so there's this uh, priest, this a priest, a seminary professor and a bishop get picked up by a New York taxi driver uh, from the airport, and he's going to drive him to their hotel or whatever. And, and he's driving through New York at breaking speeds. They're, they get in this terrible accident, and all three of them die. And they're standing before the Lord to be judged. Well, first the bishop is judged, and he says... Um, well, yeah, you've been, you gave up a great, you know, you, you, you've done well and you've preached well and, and you've, but, you know, there were some areas where you should have been um, insisted that your clergy be more faithful in the liturgy, you know. Remember Hezekiah in the, in the book of Isaiah where he restores the proper worship to, Egypt, to Israel when he becomes king? And then when, when Shennacherib comes against him, the Lord fights the battle and goes through the, this Assyrian camp and 185,000 Assyrians die in one night. You know, so this bishop was supposed to have kept his, his priests more faithful. And so the Lord says, well, you know, you get a couple months in purgatory, you know, and I, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, you are most merciful. And so then the seminary professor comes and, and, the, and the Lord says, oh, yeah, you gave up a great inheritance and you became a priest and now a seminary professor. And you you have written and spoken well of me. But, you know, you took a lot of a, a little pride in some of the things that you were saying and in your writings and in your in your so three months in purgatory. And yes, this Lord, you are very faithful. I'm, I'm you know, you are most merciful. Thank you. And so then the cab driver comes up and the Lord says, well, what's your story? He said, Lord, I'm just a simple man. I'm a New York cab driver. I've been driving, you know, cabs in New York for 20 years. I have six children. I've been trying to raise my children in the faith and be faithful. And he said, yes, yes, I I know who you are. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come share in your master's joys. And the bishop and the seminary professor are looking on. They're like, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. Lord, we we don't want to question and and be... um, disrespectful but could you help us to understand how can this man go straight into heaven and uh and the lord says oh this guy he's been a new york cab driver for 20 years and he scared the hell out of more people than the two of you put together the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and and saint ignatius said that he said look if love will not keep you from sinning then yeah go to the edge of the abyss and look in look at what will happen look at Consider what hell is. Hell is separation from God for all eternity, is eternal frustration. And, and it's suffering, eternal suffering. So, um, the begin, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that fear of the Lord is actually on reverence in his sight, the desire to please him. And then in um, chapter two, it goes on in, in the book of Sirach, it goes on. My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, 
prepare yourself for temptation. How many of us read that verse? You know, I remember once this young man came to us and he was going to um, do evangelization work. And, and that was the first verse that came to my head. <laughs> I don't know why. Could, when you come before the Lord, prepare yourself for, it says temptation here, or, or for suffering is another word that's, that's translated. And I know I didn't look up the Hebrew. So, but prepare yourself for temptation. When you come before the Lord, it's not going to be no trial. That's not the easy. The easy is the yoke. That Christ will you be yoked to Christ and Christ will help you bear the yoke and the yoke and, and it will be appropriate to you. Set your heart right and be steadfast and do not be hasty in time of calamity. Cleave to him and do not depart that you may be honored at the end of your life. Accept whatever is brought upon you and in changes that humble you be patient. Whoa. For gold is tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in him, and he will help you. Make your way straight, and hope in him. I mean, how many of us read this? Really read it and take it to heart. That we're going to be humiliated. We need to trust him. We can't be hasty in calamity. And we have to be patient. Do we read it? Do we take it to heart? Well, I hear, the, I hear that music again. So um, thank you for joining us. Please share this with all your friends and family. And we'll be back with more on Bible with the Barbers with Sirach and um, how we exercise proper fear of the Lord and best become wise to receive God's wisdom. I invite everyone to join us. We'll be right back. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers. Um, actually, this is Bible with the Barber today because <laughs> Terry couldn't join me. So we're talking about um, wisdom and fear of the Lord. And um, we're talking about letting being yoked to Christ. And this is through fear of the Lord and wisdom, we can be yoked to him. And I do want to thank all the radio stations that pick us up. I want to thank the social media platforms that allow us to have our programs on their media platforms. I want to thank all of those of you who listen, all of those of you who share the app with your friends and family and church members and everyone you know, whoever you know, share it with you know everybody so that people can tune in and listen and tell them there's a Bible study. We have a Catholic Bible study. Yeah, and we re actually read the scripture. You know, I'm just not commenting on I mean, it. Today we're doing a lot of the scripture, more, more than commentary. But this, remember, the, the word of God is living and effective. It pierces more sharply than a double-edged sword. We want the word of God to affect us, to change us. So um, I want to thank all those who make donations and support us. I also want to thank all of those of you who pray for us and offer your sufferings for us. We couldn't do this work without your support. And if there's anyone out there who would like to sponsor Virgin Most Powerful Radio or sponsor one of our shows, you know, if you have the ability to do so and you, you have a business or something and you can talk to Terry about um, sponsoring one of the shows, whatever is your favorite show. And I do, uh, do want you all to share a Bible with the Barbers. And this is a Catholic Bible study. But Bible study is for all of us, and the scriptures are for all Christians. And yes, it's the Catholic heirloom. It's the Catholic book, 
the bishops of the Catholic Church are the ones who put it together in terms of God. Yeah, God inspired the authors, but it was through the authority of the church that God brought the whole book together as it exists. So um, I just want to, you know, make sure that we, we don't neglect the word of God. And that's why today I'm reading from, um, I read some from Proverbs and Sirach and, and from the Psalms. And I, I want us to do this as a people, to spend more time with the Lord and to, to spend time in praising him and giving him glory. And we can do that by reading through the scriptures and finding those hymns of praise that are there and using those as our prayer. Okay, the scripture, you know, this is, remember, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph used the Psalms as their prayer book. So we're reading from Sirach and we're reading about the fear of the Lord. And um, we're at verse seven. And by the way, if anybody wants to donate, oh, I forgot that yet. Donations, 877-526-2151. If any of you can donate, that would be awesome. But we do know that your prayers and your sacrifices mean a lot. And those who are offering their sufferings for us. That's, you know, this apostle, it was founded because um, Terry Barber decided to help his mother take care of his dad at home when his dad got dementia because his mom wanted to take care of her own husband. And she took care of him at home when she had to take him to the hospital several times. But she, you know, she, when, when he was at home, she took care of him. She didn't put him in, a, in an institution. And Terry helped with that. And it was from that suffering of his parents that this apostle was born. And then throughout the years, many people have offered their sufferings voluntarily for us. We've had many people who say, you know, I'm offering my, my suffering with cancer. I'm offering um, this suffering or that suffering, and I'm offering it for your apostolate. That, that is so powerful. And God does so much through that. Let's not waste our sufferings, all of us. We can always unite our sufferings to Christ. St. Paul tells us, and I believe it's Colossians, I fill up in my own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. So yes, all our sufferings can be offered, united to Christ to help um, build up the church for the sake of his body, the church. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him and your reward will not fail. By the way, you who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fail. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. It's not once saved, always saved. We have to constantly be vigilant, be on our guard, and continually be asking the Lord for the grace of final perseverance. That we, as Paul said, pray for me that after having preached to others, I myself may not fall away. You who fear the Lord, trust in him, and your reward will not fail. Lord, I trust in you. Strengthen my trust. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. Consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in the Lord and was put to shame. Was there anyone who trusted in the Lord and was put to shame? Or whoever persevered in the fear of the Lord and was forsaken? Or whoever called upon him and was overlooked? For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. Woe to timid hearts and to slack hands and to the sinners who walk along two ways. Woe to the faint heart, for it has no trust. The faint heart has no trust. We want to trust in the Lord. We have to pray for the grace to trust him. Therefore, it will not be sheltered. 
Woe to you who have lost your endurance. What will you do when the Lord punishes you? Those who fear the Lord will not disobey his word. And those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear the Lord will seek his approval. And those who love him will be filled with the law. Those who fear the Lord will prepare their hearts and will humble themselves before the Lord. Let us not fall into the hands. Let us, let us fall. Let us fall. Let us fall. I just want to correct that. <laughs> let us fall into the hands of the Lord, but not into the hands of men. For his majesty, for as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. Remember when David, the Lord gave him the, the you know, the choice, <laughs> you know, you can flee from your enemies or you can, um, there was uh, three years of, of famine or flee from your enemies or three days of pestilence. And he said, well, <laughs> Lord, you, you, you punish me. Let me fall by your hand into your hand. I'll fall into your hand because <laughs> you're merciful. And I know that you'll, you won't, he knew the Lord wouldn't re, um, give out the full punishment and he doesn't. When the angel with the pestilence arrives at Jerusalem, the Lord stops him. He stops him at the gate of Jerusalem. So we have um, this fear of the Lord, this beautiful. And, and I want to read Psalm 91 here because I, I think we need to. Um, this Psalm is about that, that trust in the Lord to believe in his word. There's great promises in this Psalm. Okay. And there was a group of English soldiers. I don't remember if it was a whole platoon or not. I don't remember the original story. But in World War I, during trench warfare, one of them, they were praying this psalm. They, must, they were Christians, I guess, and they were praying this psalm. And one of them one day said, have, we, have you looked at the promises the Lord makes here? Let us make a pact to pray this psalm faithfully together every single day. And they did. And none of them died in the trench warfare. And here's the psalm they prayed. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand fall at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your habitation, no evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. Take up my yoke and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. For he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. 
because he cleaves to me in love, because he cleaves to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The word of God is living and effective. It pierces more surely than a double-edged sword. So we began with Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, to take up his yoke upon us. And we, we have learned that his yoke is not easy in the sense of that means we're not going to have any suffering, we're not going to have any trials, we're not going to have any difficulties. It means that he is at our side and a yoke is carried by two. And Jesus wants us to allow ourselves to be yoked to him and to follow in his footsteps, to take up our cross daily and follow after him. And that all of our sufferings can be offered up in union with Jesus to help redeem the world. And it's an arduous task to follow the Lord. It doesn't mean there won't be suffering. Jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering. He came to fill it with his presence and fill it with his presence. He did. He suffered. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we are to do the same. If he came not to be served, we shouldn't look to be served. We should be serving others. And this is, you know, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, with all your strength and will, and love your neighbor as yourself. And at the Last Supper said, love one another as I have loved you. So even before someone else loves us, we're supposed to love them because God loved us first. And that's why he gave, our, he gave us our neighbor. He told St. Catherine of Siena, I gave you, you know, I command you to love as I have loved, and um, I loved you first. So you can't love me first. <laughs> so I gave you your neighbor. So next weekend, we have that Sheen Conference. I hope you're all signed up to come to that um, on October 14th. It's going to be awesome to learn more who Bishop Sheen was and um, about his preaching. And, and he just was a, a zealous defender of the faith. He once said there are not a, a hundred people in the United States of America who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they mistakenly think the Catholic Church represents. So come to this um, Bishop Sheen Day and learn more about Bishop Sheen and about the Catholic Church. So thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for your prayers and sacrifices. And thank you all of those who offer your sufferings for us. Please, God, we will be back next week on um, February 13th. Remember that today is First Friday. Try to make a visit to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. I hope your parish has exposition of and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So God bless you all. Let's um, revere God's holy word and live in it.